I'm not planning to die today. Yeah. Me neither. You're listening to the survival podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Thing is, one of us is wrong. This is Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Zombies Ate My Podcast. This is the, not the one and only, but it's one of the best zombie podcasts. And I can say that because I'm not biased. I'm That's not true. I'm Ryan Murphy. I'm back and I'm hosting this week. Bob is uh, away on scheduling mishaps. He's not away mm-hmm. doing those things, but that's what caused his, his, uh, his missing person. <laughs> Things came up and he cannot be here tonight. Yeah, which is always unfortunate during Walking Dead season, but hey, we roll with the punches, just like a few characters we're going to talk about later. But you heard his voice, the busy zombie lord, Sir Lou Page, is here to talk about the zombies with me. How's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. I have some things to say tonight about this episode, so I'm eager for us to get started. Yeah. How about you? I I am, and and the thing is, it's going to be an interesting episode because it's another one of those episodes, uh, episode being this podcast episode, another episode where it's strictly the non-comic book readers talking, so you'll get the raw, raw reaction to the episode without worrying about, you know, that comic foreshadowing. No spoilers, too. No spoilers. Power? Although we do know we do know some things based on some conversations, but we, uh, I think that also a lot of people watching the show obviously have heard those conversations. So because it's Negan. Anyways, what before we talk about The Walking Dead, we're going to talk about the zombie news, and we do have some interesting stories. So let's get to it. Has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. Dead Island 2. Last week, I listened to the episode last week, and you two did a fantastic job uh, do, filling in while I was gone. And man, Dead Island 2, two weeks in a row that we're talking about this, uh, this little shindig. Uh, a little title that, you know, we didn't think would ever come out, but. Turns out it uh, it is coming out by Sonic Racing developer Sumo Digital. So does not give me hope for this, right? Because now, <laughs> video games. Neither of us make them, um, and video games are hard to make. But considering Sonic Racing is a franchise and has been around for a while, and there's many entries, and Sumo Digital is the developer. Does it give you pause that a developer that's been working on kart racers for a long time is suddenly doing an open-world zombie game? No, uh, and as I think some listeners might know, uh, I did used to write about video games for a while as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been following the game industry for a long time. Uh, Sumo Digital and their kart racing Sonic games... Uh, some people like them. Some people don't like them. They're not exactly high praised. They're not the, the high market of AAA titles out there. Right. So when I hear that they're making a game that, first of all, is not uh, in their wheelhouse, uh, and then second of all, 
it, they're not that great a studio to begin with. This does not fill me with hope that we're going to get a good Dead Island 2 game. Yeah, and I was really excited about Dead Island 2 because the original developer that was working on it, which was Yager, and they did the um, <clears throat> sort of, I'm trying to, controversial shooter, and I can't remember what it was called now, um, but it was one with Nolan North in it, which isn't helping anybody narrow it down because Nolan North is the uh, voice actor of every main character. But um, yeah, this is it's good that Dead Island 2 is moving forward. I have faith that, who's the publisher? Uh, Deep Silver. Deep Silver. I, I mean, I feel like uh, I feel like they. Ha- I have faith that they they want to see this franchise succeed. So well, I, th- I don't have any doubt that they want to see it succeed. Um, and I'm sure that we'll get it, and it will probably be an adequate game. But I think we're going to get a game that's better graphics and same version as the first one. Yeah, I mean that's I kind of expected that from Yager's Dead, Dead, Dead Island Two, and that's pro- maybe that's why it got it changed over to a new developer is they had there was creative friction, and I bet you any money the reason that they switched companies because Yager wanted to do something you know a little more unique and bold as opposed to literally making Dead Island Two, which is just Dead Island but Dead Islandier, but um. I'm in no means suggesting that a that a developer that's been working on Sonic Racing, you know, can't do a new game. If anything, doing no. a new game would be great for their creative because I think you know, the, the, I agree with you. I think them doing something new would be great. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is it. Yeah, this is so far out of their wheelhouse. I'm like, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. And to the, be honest, the, the, I, I mean. I'm I'm certainly not going to poo-poo it until I see it or see right. an actual gameplay trailer. But as it stands right now, I'm kind of like, eh, I'll keep an eye out. But this is not – I don't have high hopes for it. Like this game was supposed to be out not this spring but last spring. Yeah. And they, we, we, this is this has been pushed back so many times now. I'm like, yeah, this is never coming out. Right. And, and the original release was a pre-rendered – cutscene basically teasing dead island 2 and it was a great trailer i mean we had a lot yeah. of fun with that trailer and 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 it, that we've talked about that several times it's had some great hype but yeah and, and it's just i wonder like are we gonna get the same thing at e3 this year with like just another pre-rendered trailer except this time it's sumo digital at the directing helm like i don't think we get anything this this e3 i think we get it next year unless it's gameplay i hope i i agree with you if if they have gameplay to show off from sumo digital i don't i wonder if they threw everything out from um yager's time with it i don't know if that's been made public but um it'll be interesting to see i we need more zombie games i don't necessarily want another dead island type game i mean i just played a bunch of the following which is the dying light expansion and it's just like i want a different zombie game and i don't necessarily want like another uh resident evil game and i definitely don't want another free-to-play plants vs zombies game but which is uh that should lead us right into our next news item mm-hmm. yeah which is PopCap's latest game that's being soft launched in new zealand right now which is plants vs zombies heroes but it's basically plants versus zombies versus hearthstone according to kotaku um does this excite you lou do you wish you could you had a new zealand itunes account no okay i had the same reaction uh i mean you know looking at the screenshots in the video it is still the 
classic Plants vs. Zombies art style. And it's lane-based and there's cards and cool whatnots. But, man, wouldn't it be just to be great to get a proper Plants vs. Zombies sequel? Yes, it would, but that's not what they're going to do. Uh, Activision really wants to make money, and they think that free-to-play is the way to make money. And I think that they're missing out on a lot of... Uh, I know Plants vs. Zombies 2 is considered a really big flop for them. It really didn't make them a whole lot of money. Mm. And neither did Garden Warfare. Yeah. Um, and uh, they just... Re- they, well, Garden Warfare did okay, but it wasn't like... Good enough that they gave the team a, a a full-fledged sequel like that. Yeah, but have you heard about the flack about the sequel? No. no what, the, what happened? The sequel came out, and it was people were raving about it, giving it like lots of praise. And then, like three weeks later, they initiated a bunch of free-to-play gimmicks to get people to spend money in on in-game purchases. Oh dear! And then all of a sudden, people stopped playing. Ah. Uh. Well, that is unfortunate. I, I, I will be honest, I didn't pick up Plants vs. Zombies 2, but I did play like the 10-hour like, free trial with EA Access, and, and I mean, it's just not my kind of game. I, I love zombies in video games, and I love the original Plants vs. Zombies. It was a, it was just a new thing, and it was so great, and it was humor, and it was it was just pop-cap classic. Um and these uh, little and spin-offs, I, mm, I don't know. I would say I also agree that, that like you know, that, that it's fine for them to make changes to the dynamic, you know, and stuff, and they can even change up the way the game plays. I think that that's very creative. I just think uh, I think PopCap and EA have lost track of what's important. Yeah, so. I liked my time with Plants vs Zombies too, but it was the free to play stuff that that felt like it was crippling me, even if. It wasn't actually crippling me. It was just there. And the fact that it was there just kind of like, ugh, gross. And I, you know, I just didn't, I didn't feel like I wanted to play more of it. So I'm, I'll check this out when it launches. Uh, usually when they soft launch in New Zealand, Canada's right up next. So we might have some hands-on impressions sooner rather than later. We yeah, I would love see. to get your take on this. Yeah, I don't mind. I, by... I have a very addictive personality and I love to try new games. So free to play games are kind of the like the worst. Like I can go on no, I, For me they're I, the worst because I will try it, get frustrated, find another one, try it, get frustrated. And I I just I've had to stop myself like there was a new one that launched not zombie related but it was um the new uh, Clash of Clans spin-off and it's got this huge banner. It's like, "Oh, I should try that." No, no, it's free to play. Don't even bother. I'll just get yep. super addicted to it. I'll be looking for notifications. I'll just, I'll be jonesing. Okay. And I don't need that. Um, but uh, speaking of jonesing and not speaking of jonesing at all, uh, Universal Studios Hollywood, not to be outdone by the whole Nintendo deal that they're working out uh, in, in the other Universal Studios Japan, Hollywood's teaming up with the AMC to make a Walking Dead zombie maze year round. You actually posted this in the Slack. And I checked this out, and the trailer's well done. Like, this thing's coming, like, this summer. Yeah, and it's a permanent thing. Uh, it's going to be a... And I think that this is a this is a great use of uh, Universal Studios. I know that they've been hurting in recent years, that uh, they, they still get millions of people in the park, but it's not nearly as much as it used to be or what it used to be. So... 
bringing in TV stuff and adding zombie content like this, I think this is going to bring in way more people. The thing that bum- bums me out, though, mm-hmm. is that it's going to only be in California. Yeah. I, I saw Universal Studios, and-, and there's been talk of going to Florida at some point in the near future, and I was like, ooh, I could think about going to see this but then it's like oh wait it's universal studios hollywood and i i honestly don't see myself going to la anytime soon no and the 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 thing too though is is if things are success they have been shown to add the same thing in both parks if one does good so my hope is that if this does really well we'll get to see it in florida too yeah um i know florida does their their october um Halloween uh, Horror Nights Mm -hmm. and I know that most years they do do a Walking Dead uh, themed uh, haunted house so my hope is that we get more that this will lead to more of that yeah I'm I'm hopeful and I you know I I like these partnerships I like seeing some of my favorite franchises get spin off it's spun off into other types of genre of entertainment and I know that people really like the live maze experience like the escape room type stuff and that's a a whole other sort of live performance that they could probably figure out with you know escape the governor's torture room like that that don't do that one but um that would be interesting so i look forward and and if we have any listeners in the la area and want to check this out this summer and let us know how it is totally right in that'd be super cool but speaking of Walking Dead, we should move on and get to the meat of the show because we have some things to talk about with The Walking Dead this week. You're not the good guys. You should know that. Lou, big episode, big episode, right? Very big. Um, I would actually call this one of my favorites of the whole season thus far. Yeah, I read that message, and and I'm in this... So, I wasn't on the show last week, so I didn't get to share my thoughts in the last two episodes, and then this one, but I feel like having listened to last week's episode, you guys kind of nailed it. Uh, in your discussions, so I don't want to rehash what you guys talked about last week. I'll just say that I agreed, uh, and I might even go a bit further and say that possibly it was some of the darkest episodes, and this one continues along that path, uh, in my opinion, of of setting up Rick's group to to appear to be to, doing a little bit too much to survive. Uh, and and we have some listener feedback later on on that topic, but it's it just feels like they're you know, it's a shoot first, ask questions later type scenario. Like they've had so much shit thrown at them that they have completely been like, nope, no more questions. Just if we get the slight inkling that you're a bad person, um, you're going down because it's a it's a you first uh, or it's a what is it a, a, a me or you scenario, right? And I, you get that sense again in this episode where both Maggie and Carol, who are the main sort of protagonists of the episode, focusing on them. And I got that sense from the last three episodes that it's a me or you type scenario. And to be honest, like the defense against it being very dark is that if you're associating yourself with a very hard and gr- gr- gruesome and brutal group like like the Saviors, like you've kind of 
brought it on yourself, maybe? Well, well, the other thing, too, is, is I don't think that these episodes are doing a very good job of explaining the situation going on. Like, right. I don't think that they have fully uh, sold the audience on the fact. Like, I think we, as people who are familiar with the comic book, right. are familiar with who Negan is in The Saviors. And I don't think that the general public who has not followed what goes on in the comics, it knows what to expect. Right. So I don't think that they are doing a very good job of selling us that Rick and them are doing the right thing. I think people like you and I and Bob have an idea that they're doing the right thing, but they're not doing a good job. They're too busy trying to get to the action mm-hmm. and not enough time setting up the plot they're trying to i think they're moving too fast to getting negan on camera i i i don't i don't necessarily i I see where you're coming from and i don't necessarily agree just in the sense that i think amc knows what they're doing they're just taking a different tact towards setting it like they are legitimately and purposely setting up rick's group to appear like let's just throw it out there evil and a little bit malicious uh, but at the end of the day, and, and we saw it in the Slack channel, I, I messaged like, man, that was that was even worse. That was just gruesome. Like there's like Negan and the Saviors better be the most terrible people on earth left. I disagree you know? with you wholeheartedly on all of that. Like well, um, okay, let me finish my point and then you can you can counter it. But what I'm trying to say is basically we have a slight inkling outside of the show that we know Negan is bad and he is a terrible person and 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 a lot of comic book readers know that. So when they see this, it's like, oh, man, AMC is just setting us up and making it look like Rick's the bad guys. But really, like, Rick's just doing what he has to do to survive. Negan is ten times worse. Negan and the Saviors are ten times worse. And I think I think that's their, their tactic here and what they're trying to do, um, in my opinion. Uh, I, is it I a good one? That, Probably not. But anyways, go ahead. Well, okay. So the episode begins with Maggie and um, Carol captured. Yeah. And they're taken by the saviors led by um, Paula. Paula. uh, And Paula takes them to what is a building they supposedly cleared out months ago. But they leave zombies there as a defense. Right. So that they can store people there. And the zombies keep them in like their own prison. Right. And I think that's a dumb idea to begin with right there. Uh, leaving zombies wandering around is never a good idea. Well, yeah, you kind of uh, kind of bit them in the ass near the end. Yeah, like figuratively and literally. Um, but when they show up, they're acting like uh like carol and they they even outright there's even a piece of dialogue where paula says you think you are the good guys here no we're the good guys here right and then shortly after carol reveals that um carol reveals that well we know you people are bad because you've attacked us on the road before mm-hmm. and uh, at that point paula goes eh I guess you do have a good reason for attacking us, but it doesn't matter anyway. We're going to kill you all anyway. Yeah, they're, they're, and, this, they're setting the saviors up to be like the wolves acted crazy. Therefore, their craziness was supported by their actions. The saviors, I think they're setting up as just crazy, but street smart crazy. Like they're crazy, but they're like 
crazy we're going to survive in no, a smart they, way. They, they, no, they sound, they feel like cultists. Yeah, because, like, they literally say, like, I'm Negan, I'm Negan. It's like, well, I'm Spartacus, you know? And well, no, but the the idea behind that is is when someone, they, everything is Negan's fault. Every time they do something bad, they say it's because Negan said they have to. Oh. And by claiming that they're Negan, nobody knows who Negan is. So they are Spartacus. I've never seen yeah. Spartacus, so I'm just going to keep saying that until someone corrects me. Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, I get that. And that that's a smart move because it sets Negan up to be the worst person in the world because he it's it's his fault for everything and um i mentioned meant to say this off air and i want to i want to warn listeners who are trying to avoid spoilers that there are episode descriptions in your i don't know what you would call it but for lack of a better term tv guide type scenarios where you know you have the little paragraph describing what the episode is and it's usually used on like your cable guide or i have an app that lists tv episodes and the descriptions for the last three episodes kind of, if you're a comic book reader, kind of spell out what's going to happen, uh, or at least the beats. No characters, no like specifics. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely heading you know in a direction that's kind of very comic book focused. And I know a lot of comic book readers are, are having the same reaction that Game of Thrones readers had when it's like, just you wait, just you wait. Oh, one more episode, just you wait. And I and I really feel that. And, and the, the, the pressure's building. I would agree with you on that aspect. And I think we are get. I think that the, the focus we're going to get was shown in this episode. So as Carol is captured, Carol begins to see herself in Paula. Yeah. And she sees just how twisted and evil and dark Paula is. Paula does not care about anyone. And if given the opportunity, it seems like she would kill even her own people because the point is not it, – it's revealed that Maggie's pregnant and Paula's answer is why would you do such a stupid thing? Yeah. That, that, that having the baby is literally just making you weak and means that the baby's going to reveal your location and you're going to get eaten by zombies because zombies – babies are tasty. And that's the, it's the exact wording that pa- Paula makes. And at that point you realize, oh, yeah, she's not interested in saving the world. She's not interested in starting society over again. It, her goal is I'm going to live as long as I can, and if that means I have to kill everyone to do it, that's what I'm yeah. going to do. She's lost all humanity. Yeah, and and I think that's sort of the first ink, and those are the inklings that we've gotten, you know, like from the original interaction with Negan's men on the road with the rocket launcher. You kind of got that sense that they were a little off kiltered and and not crazy, but like you said, cultish, and in, in that they are, they're not unhinged. They're just like they've that's the way they've chosen to survive is just like a, a salt and burn scenario where as long as they survive, that's all that matters. And killing people who don't fall in line or help you survive uh, or forced to help you survive are not worth living. They also don't seem interested in helping anybody. Mm -hmm. They seem interested in only taking. Right. And if we – like if you start to overanalyze each of these episodes, you do start to realize that, oh, the actions of Rick's group are justified because all these people – wouldn't be in the savior's group if they didn't believe that mantra. Uh, right. And, you know, we might come across some some 
some characters not being comic book readers i'm sure there are some characters that will defect or change the way they think because that's just how humanity humans work you know nothing stays the same um but i think it's a good it's a really good indication of of what to expect in the next episodes as we see more of the saviors because guess what they kind of know who rick's group are now like they like if they weren't exposed by the rocket launcher from daryl they're certainly exposed by raiding their compound and it sounds exactly. like that compound and that like prison thing are just a small portion of what's what the saviors have under their control um but all in all like a fantastic episode because it was different it felt very different and it, it, it's very different and carol is changes her role yeah i'm back on the carol train i read a i was reading a review of this episode and like just the snippets because i was like oh, i kind of want to know what the feel is for this episode to know if I need to like rush out and watch it or if I can wait a couple days. And one of the reviewers said fantastic Carol episode. And I'm like, Whoa, really? Like she hasn't had a fantastic episode since she snapped. And that was like seasons ago. And right. This episode totally, like I said this at the start of the season, we need a Carol redemption episode. And I was so worried she was going to die because at the end it's like, Oh no, they built her up. (laughs) No, they built her up. And for a split second, I thought she was going to die. But they're setting the saviors up. This is going to be a mirror of what's going to happen to our group, I think. Uh, Carol looks into um, the eyes of Paula and realizes she's on the verge of becoming Paula herself. Mm-hmm. That she's made decisions that are very much along the lines of what Paula has said and does. And now she's scared of what she's becoming. And that's not something we've seen until this point. And so she's looked into the eye uh, to to quote uh, Frederick Nietzsche, uh, uh, gaze upon into the abyss, and the abyss, abyss gaze back on to you. Right. He who fights monsters becomes a monster himself. And I think that that's kind of what Carol's done now. She's gazed into Paula's eyes and realized she's almost there herself and if she doesn't start making changes she's going to go there yeah and like as this episode is progressing like she starts off pretending like the classic uh sort of twisted carol where she's like going between badass cold-blooded terminator to you know house mom making cookies and we get that swap and it's kind of like you're watching it's like oh great she's She's doing her whole, like, Terminator thing again where she's switching her personality on and off. This is really creepy. And it obviously it pays off through the episode. And it it felt really – it felt kind of – it didn't feel 100% genuine. But I think when you kind of realize, like, how twisted the saviors are, like, how if they see just a sliver of weakness, like, that to them just like, oh, that person must be weak because if they survive this long, then if they were that weak, they'd be dead. You know? Well, well, I, I agree with you on that, that point to an extent, but so Carol plays plays the weakness card, pretend she's extremely religious, and she plays the "I'm weak, please don't hurt me, I'm weak," and she plays up the "I uh, the, the 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 thank you for saving me" when the guy that's been shot, um, when the guy that's been shot. Uh, goes berserk and attacks them she plays the weak 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 card to the point where even you as a viewer begin to doubt uh, think maybe she's broken Mm -hmm. 
and maybe this whole situation is broken. And then as soon as she gets free, she kills one of them, clubs another one over the head, and then when forced to, she shoots the other chick right in the head. And mm-hmm. and and you're like, oh, okay, she's not afraid to kill, but now she's hesitating to pull the trigger. Yeah, she's questioning her motives a little bit. And, and yeah. um, the end of the episode... Well, and I, don't, I, think, I don't skip to the end, but um, and I was gonna say, and I think, like I said, I think that's a mirror image of what's gonna happen. I think Rick is going to meet Negan, and he's going to be looking into Negan's eyes and thinking, "I'm almost like him. I need to start make making changes, or we're gonna end up just like the saviors." Yeah, and I also think just when you say mirror image, <clears throat> it's it's going to be a similar fashion that I think these next three episodes are going to be bloodbaths. I'd even go as far to say that maybe the last episode won't be a bloodbath, but it's just a very somber, like sad, not sad, but just like whole like panic. We've we haven't felt that panic since I would probably say the hunters. I haven't felt that like oh my god, are they going to be okay? That 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 sort of season transition. I think we're going to get that again with with Negan from like the transition from the season finale to the season premiere. I haven't felt that way since the Hunters in Terminus, you know, with that right. premiere. And, and, that and the other thing too is, is so Maggie's taken into a room and they're going to interrogate her, and Maggie doesn't give up any information. Right. And it, it gets to the point where they're like threatening to torture her, and she's like, "Do what you want. I'm not going to tell you anything." Mm-hmm. In fact. The girl they send into interrogator is really dumb because she reveals more information to Maggie than Maggie does to her. Yeah, do you get the sense that besides Paula, this is like the B team? Like, what are these guys doing? Obviously, they took out the A team at the main compound, but I I, I kind of wish Bob was here because I thought that I thought that I read somewhere or heard somewhere that that Negan had like a, or maybe Bob told us like like Negan has the Saviors have a no women and children clause. Like is that not something that I've heard or am No I no just... no. It's not that the it's not that the saviors have no women and children. He doesn't use the bat on women and children. Oh, so he's not that bad then. So wait, does that mean Maggie and Carol are safe then? <laughs> no, it, it, he will kill them. He just won't beat them to death with a baseball bat. Oh, so he's got some he's got some boundaries. Well good for him. I'm nice to see him kind of not being the terrible monster we all thought he was. Um okay. I I I, I think you're selling him way too high. I, I, you think you think I'm making him out to be like? You're the making him out like he's a happy guy. It means he's not going to beat them to death with a baseball bat. He'll just put a bullet between their eyes. Oh well, he's merciful, right? I don't know. I uh, Ryan, you have a way of looking at the positive of everything. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding around. I remember I was listening to last week's episode. It's like, man, we miss his optimism. And sometimes my optimism is just me trying to be funny, uh, like right now. So. Okay, so this episode, continuing on, like Carol, the Carol and Maggie, another duo, another uh, good cop, bad cop type scenario like we had with Daryl and Rick. And that was another episode that we all really loved. And if they're going to do more offshoot episodes, have them more like this. Like, make them really compelling. Make them really fun to watch. And, I don't know, fun's the wrong word, but because there's some sick shit that goes down. I will say right now, <clears throat> when this episode began mm-hmm. and they threw the bags over, I mean, the, the, the 
threw the blankets over Maggie and Carol's head and made them walk. And oh, it's going to be one of these. And that you get the camera angle from them, them looking down at their feet. I was like, oh, great. It's going to be one of these artsy fartsy episodes. And there's going to be all this tension about them getting saved. And then at the end, Rick is going to end up rescuing them. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be super predictable. Right. And it is totally not predictable. At, at every point you think that either Carol or Maggie are going to die and you feel the threat that one of them could die. Yeah. And they do a very good job of even when they're safe, even when at the end of the episode they do kill Paula and she gets an awful death, by the way, which I think she totally deserves. And they go to escape and they open up the door and Glenn's on the other side of the door at the end of the episode, even until you see Glenn's face, you're not sure that it's going to be Glenn on the other side of the door. Yeah. Like you're like, Oh shit. And yeah, near the end, it's, it <clears> gets <throat> pretty brutal because they like Maggie's just cold blooded. Like Mag- even Maggie's kind of getting to the point where she's just, and obviously she's pissed. She's being paternal. Well, no, like, I, well, no I, I disagree with you there. I think that their choice was the right choice at the end. The, the saviors are waiting for back. Paula's waiting for backup. And when the backup arrives, they set up the kill room to kill them. Mm-hmm. And it's kill or be killed. And they can't fight all of them by themselves. They don't have any weapons. So what do they do? They lay a trap and they burn the guys alive. Yeah. And while that's a harsh way to go, that was the only way they were going to walk out of that situation alive. Yeah. No, I agree because they didn't know when Rick and them were coming, and it, it's not—it's not as brutal an episode as as other ones because I think we're really starting to understand that the saviors just—they cannot be reasoned with unless they have something to offer. And as we all know, Alexandria really has nothing to offer um, except violence, as we saw when they negotiated with the uh, with the hilltop community. So that sort of like wraps up the main beats of the episode and our feelings. And except for the very end when when Rick and Daryl and Glenn get back there and they have uh, Primo uh, there and Rick says like, okay, no one's coming for you. Time to talk. And then he basically says, no, I'm Negan. And then Rick shoots and, him. And I, and I think that they now know that, that, that anybody they – I think Carol and them are going to talk and they're going to realize that they're all crazy mm-hmm. because at some point all of them said they're Negan. Yeah, I think I think they'll definitely make that 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 connection outside of an episode, similar to how we said, like, oh, they, I can't believe they haven't addressed I don't the whole rocket launcher I don't thing. think they make that connection outside of an episode. I think they make that connection in the next episode because I think there's a lot of viewers that are going to be confused if they don't make that connection. Right, but I I, I wouldn't be surprised if if they did leave it outside. Like they won't. They, I'm you, telling you right now. Okay, if I talk to people that watch casually and aren't familiar with Negan that dialogue at that end of that episode is going to confuse them well yeah because they have no idea what Negan looks like but then neither does Rick right did did do does anybody know what Negan looks? has anyone nobody, seen Negan nobody knows what Negan is but it, they've referred to him as um what was that guy's name that they shot uh Primo Primo they referred to him as Primo and then when he said I am Negan there's this look in Rick's eye like, what? And then he shoots him. But there is also a look in Carol's eyes and and Maggie's eyes like, wait, what? He can't be Negan. The, and and there's the, the, the other 
the the older chick who was smoking, mm-hmm. she says we're all Negan at one point in the episode. Right. And yeah. I think that th- that will be made clear to Rick. I think that there's going to be an actual point in the story next week where they discuss something's going on. These people keep all claim to be Negan. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I- I'm I'm more intrigued now for the next episode because I feel like with <clears throat> this sort of the compound attack and the hostage situation taken care of, it's like Negan and his saviors are going to retaliate in some I think fashion. Negan, I think Negan and his saviors are going to retaliate. I think we get a slow episode next season. I mean, next episode. You think it'll be a slow one? If not to just build up the momentum for the last two? They're going to line us up for a big two-parter episode. Um, you know, at, at, at some point, it, they, every uh, when we watch every season finale, right? Right. Every season finale, <clears throat> the season finale actually takes place after the aftermath of something bad. Yeah. Well, it depends. Like, yes, yeah, some of them are for sure, and Almost some of them. Almost every season has ended that way. Yeah, where... I'm trying to remember. Like, I, I, I can only really remember. Like the prison one, yeah, going into the prisons, like oh, the prisons in the background. But the hunter ones is they were captured. Uh, they were captured, right? But I'm trying to remember right. about other things. But that, but in the uh, the hunter one was the only one that's been different. Every single episode, it's been either the last episode or the second half of the episode is actually quiet. Yeah, and then this one was the the season five was the wolves, right? Like seeing the wolves sort of like find the Alexandria pictures. Like it was a it was like a teaser for the next season. It wasn't necessarily like a zombie. Right. Somebody and, died. And, and and not only that, but the whole ep- the whole last episode took place after the aftermath of them defending Alexandria. Yeah, what were they defending Alexandria from in the end of season five? Zombies. Remember, some got through the gate. Oh, yeah, right, yes. It was just a dozen of them, and the people of Alexandria didn't know how to fend for themselves. Yeah, and Rick And Rick had to kill them all. Yeah. See, my my memory's terrible when it... Like, I can usually remember, like, a a season at a time. Like, I don't even... Ask me what happened in the first half of the season. It's like, I don't know, Negan? Um, So, yeah. Anyways, solid episode. Really enjoying uh, the pace, and I, I hope... I hope you're wrong, and then I don't mind a, a slow episode coming coming forward. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a slow episode. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of tension because I think they're going to go back to the hilltop community and tell them, yeah, that place you sent us, that wasn't their only facility. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's going to be some conversation with hilltop next episode, and we're going to get a, a clearer picture of of what's going on. In terms of and, what the um, Savior's network is, uh, and I and I think that the guy that they agreed to make a deal with, from the that's the leader of the Hilltop community, I think he's totally going to throw them under the bus. Uh, Greg, what is his name? Yeah, I think. Gregory. Yeah, he, I think he's. Yeah. I think he's going to totally throw them under the bus, and Negan's going to show up and he's going to tell him, "Oh no, the the they they tortured me for the information," kind of thing. Yeah. Interesting. You think he'll twist and turn back onto Negan? Yes. Um, no, maybe. I could see that. He seems like a spineless oaf, so um, we will certainly well, get back n- to that. Not only is he a spineless, spineless oaf, but they pretty much say it in the episode that he agrees that he is a spineless oaf kind of thing. Uh, in a previous episode, 
Jesus makes a comment like he isn't perfect and he's kind of a coward, but he's all we got to lead us kind of thing. Yeah, but he does he does give half his stuff to Alexandra, but maybe that's how he plans to get it back by selling out Alexandra yes. to get get it back. Anyway, okay, no, that's a solid theory. Um, so that's going to do it for episode 13, The Same Boat. But before we touch on some uh, Fear the Walking Dead update, which they have been pumping each week, there's something new to talk about. Not necessarily good stuff, but something to talk about. Lonely Bob chattered in on Twitter, um, episodes 11 and 12, based on last week's uh, podcast. I thought episodes 11 and 12 were good. They got to do what they got to do to survive, which we said. The action scenes in 12 were great, but seemed a bit too easy. No major injuries or death. But what the heck was Carol doing in the beginning of 12 in that notebook, writing random letter or numbers and words maybe carol has developed a split personality mom to those in need and badass zombie killer slash defender when attacked uh what was she writing in that notebook i don't know um i think she's just um i think she's i i think she's losing it Mm -hmm. and um i think that we're going to see whether or not she stays or goes uh by the end of the season um, I'm also going to stick by my my thing. I think she's dead by the end of the season. You think so? I think she's gone. Hmm. They're going to find a way to redeem her wholeheartedly and heavily, and she's going to die to save the group in some way, shape, or form before the season's out. I mean, it's a solid theory. I, I think in terms of season one characters, she's she's up there uh, in terms of ones that could could bite the dust. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, it'll be interesting and we'll see. And next week we might even be having, a, a this exact conversation, but confirmed, or we might be like, there's no way it'll happen now because lots of other people, but I, I agree with lonely Bob and that it was a bit too easy. And I really do think like that compound was sort of a fringe compound. And those were like, I mean, they were sleeping and they, they had the advantage. So it makes sense that they would take out a lot of guys without having major injuries and the rick's group are formidable like you you put them in a corner and they do some damage you give them the element of surprise and they do even more damage so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the last three episodes i imagine we're going to be having some pretty crazy fights and some guerrilla warfare Uh, i don't think we're going to see like bayonets in the field at dawn we're going to be seeing some more guerrilla warfare here what do you think, Lou? Um, I definitely see. We think we're going to see some fighting, but not next episode. If mm-hmm. we do, it will be small. I think next episode mm-hmm. we might see some standoffs by the end of the episode, but I don't think we're going to see a um, outright f- f- war type fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we get that in episode fifteen, and I think Negan gets revealed at the end of episode fifteen, and that episode 16 is going to be them having to deal with the aftermath of having met Negan. Yeah, I agree. That's a solid prediction. And I think it's, it's a, it fits within your, your theory that we're going to have like a, a season finale penultimate episode with that. Yeah. I I mean, I think that episode 15 is going to be an all out fight and battle and the aftermath is going to be Negan walking out there, killing somebody, and them having to decide. The next episode being with, well, that person's now dead. 
what the hell do we do now? Yeah. Solid. Solid. All right. Well, before we wrap up, let's talk about Fear the Walking Dead. We have a season two trailer with the premiere uh, coming back April 10th, one week after the season finale of The Walking Dead. So we we are finally in the in the thick of Walking Dead country where we go from The Walking Dead to Fear the Walking Dead seamlessly. So you watch this trailer. It's more of another teaser. It's like 30 seconds. But what did you think? Um. I think I, I'm excited for it. Um, this season is already looking very, very different from what we got last season. And I think that that's a good thing. Um, I think we're going to see new things from this show. I think that first season it was them lining up the characters and what they wanted to do for the second season. Yeah. They played it very, very safe, almost too safe. Mm-hmm. And I think that next season we're going to get a less safe show. Yeah. And I right down to the point where I think they're going to actually jeopardize some of our heroes. And I have a funny feeling that junkie kid is going to die. Chunky kid. The son, that's the son. That's a junkie. Oh, junkie. I was like, chunky. He's skin and bones. Uh, no. Yeah. I, yeah, he's, he's living dangerously. So I could see that happening. And I'm totally, I don't know. Like this show loves creating tragic characters. So having him, you know, fall off the edge would create some tragic characters. So it's a solid predicament uh, or solid prediction. And I, I look at this trailer and it just seems more actiony, seems more unique uh, as opposed to the, like you said, the first season was sort of safe paint by the numbers. Zombie apocalypse is happening. Mm-hmm. And this one it, it straight up says, like, you know, we're out on the water. The problem aren't the zombies, it's the people. So we're going to get some pirate action, maybe. What do you think? I definitely see. think we're going to get something like pirate action. Um, I, th- I think somebody's going to be made to walk a plank. Oh, yes. Please, zombie. Oh, and yeah, instead of sharks, they have to walk the plank to zombies. Please. I think they're going to walk the plank to zombies in the water. All right. I think that's a, that's a great place to end it. Uh, thank you everybody for listening and thank you to the patrons at patreon.com slash zombies ain't my podcast you go there you'll find a lot of cool milestones and rewards and awesome things to just give you a little extra something something for supporting the show we super appreciate each and every one of you and our listeners if you're listening on alpha geek you're probably finding us on channel three and when we go live it's usually wednesdays at 9 30 p.m on wednesday that's p.m eastern and if you want more Zombies Ate My Podcast, go to zombiesatemypodcast.com. Send us emails at info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube. There's talk of some more YouTube content, I'm, I'm told. Uh, and if you want to fo- follow individual hosts, you can find myself at R. Murphy, Lou's at Busy Zombie Lord, and Bob is at Bobbert F. Finally, a quick shout-out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find more of his great stuff at joelduggan.com. Lou, thank you for holding down the fort with me. Any final words for these awesome listeners? Rick and them are not the bad guys. Rick is not a bad guy. Honey, you need to take some yoga breaths and calm your ass down. Was that your bad zombie joke? <laughs>